Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. If you're hearing the voice, yeah, sure you are. If you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, it's because you're either listening live and you are in the chat room or you have picked up a pre-edit copy of the Scoob Obsessed Netcast. Come back in a few hours and we will have an edited version already for you. Scoob Obsessed Weekly Podcast, we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear to places to dive and scuba the news. Scoob Obsessed Episode 200. No, it's not 200. Scuba Obsessed episode 327 is recorded live May 18th, 2017. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan. Joining me this week, we have Kevin Ailes. How are you doing today, Kevin? Darren, I am doing excellent. How about yourself? I am doing much better now that we have actually got everything to working and we are Getting the show on the move. It is almost an hour and a half later than I'd, I'd like to be, but uh, sometimes just everything gets in the way. Um, hopefully things have been going well with, with, with you, but I have uh, my scuba vehicle uh, recently decided it didn't want to work. or Actually, it was working, but I'm sure that people, uh, when they heard me coming down the road, were pulling their kids inside out of fear. Uh, the the uh, transfer case and the real differential were starting to go out at the same time. And there's a nice, lovely metal-on-metal metal sound. So, Well, I, I, no, that's okay. We we, we get the uh, people pulling the kids in when we bring our boats down or when, you know. <laughs> when, actually, just, just when we get in our wetsuits, you know. I mean, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. So Yes, <laughs> Yeah, there's, that's a, that's one of the dirty secrets about scuba diving is at some point in the process, you are standing on a hot asphalt parking lot with people trying to get to the beach and you are changing your clothes out there. Mm-hmm. Not not yeah. changing your clothes, you're getting into a wetsuit. And you're decent, well, I mean, that, that Speedo well, is fine. Decent, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I think we don't get any trouble because people are just like trying not to see us because they don't want to be scared about it, you know. So they're, you know... There's, there's, yeah, there's that train wreck of guys over there in the, in the, by the boat ramp, and no, honey, cover the kids' eyes. We don't want them to see that, you know. So, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it's not like uh, we've we've got the Chippendales physique or anything, and then uh, everybody knows that, uh, or should realize that scuba divers we're under, you know, seven millimeters of neoprene or some other bi or tri laminate. Not a lot of sun gets down there, so you've got this moment of. Uh, exposed skin which is pasty white are you talking about bleached males yes <laughs> which i which i think is actually a, a mammal classification yeah yeah well uh, oh but yeah there's been quite a bit of diving going on uh you know like 
understand the uh, SAS group has uh, been growing pretty good, and they're had 22 divers out. Uh, so SAS, that's uh, that's subaquatics out of uh, was that Battle Creek area? Yep, out, of Battle Creek, out of Battle Creek there. Yep. Yep. So Rick Rick SAS and his crew. They've been getting out, and they've been doing their weekly dives that started off, and they're, they're getting quite to a roll. Yeah, they have a dive every Wednesday throughout the uh, summertime. And uh looks like uh, Eric and Rob have taken over on managing it there. And uh, they've got quite the group going out. I understand they've got 44 divers registered with the group now. And so they had 22 out last night. I, I dove with them uh, a, a week ago and, and had a good time. Definitely a lively group. Always go to a you know a nice dinner afterwards. You know you got divers of all different different abilities there. You got wet suitors, you got dry suitors, you got different kinds of gear. You know lots of good people. It's a, it's always a good time. So. Well, excellent. And then I I know that uh, uh, Thursday Thursdays have started up with the Mud Club and with uh, Wolf's Marine. So you we do is you can dive on Wednesday with SAS, and then Thursday come out and dive with the uh, the Mud Club. That's on the southwest side of Michigan. And uh, if you join the Facebook page, that's where a lot of the notices are are coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been seeing that uh, uh, Divers Incorporated has been doing some dives as well. I can't tell you top of my head what nights they are, but I know they have a uh, rebreather group dives uh, prisms they get together once a week uh, plus they also have uh, I think they have a second group as well they're uh, regular uh, conventional scuba tank open circuit kind of people too so yeah all, all the dive shops locally here are getting in the action getting divers out uh, people are getting wet yep and then I believe that pretty much every single quarry or diving location has got to be getting into their stride now it seems to be that May 1st is that kickoff date and uh that will be continuing all the way through memorial day when uh, that's where the people who didn't realize it was warm enough to go diving really start to get out there and diving so if you want some good viz uh you probably need to be getting in there now as this weather starts to warm up yeah and speaking of uh, kickoffs i believe that this weekend is the uh meet and greet going on in gilboa that's gilboa quarry in ohio it goes on from uh 19th, I believe, the 21st. Uh, not, lots of folks are heading up there. We had a, quite a few guys up there diving uh, the, this weekend. So. Excellent. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking Jim is up there. Right? Uh, Jim is going up there. Bob Sweeney is going up there. I know there's a, a half a dozen different people just from our group that are going over there. Um, I'm sure the other shops we got people going up there as well it's a pretty lively bunch going up there if you, if you probably won't get a lot of sleeping done but it's a, <laughs> definitely an entertaining bunch up there for the uh the gilboa meet and greet 19th oh, first up there and and meet and greet is a good name for it because just the collection of divers uh bring them from all over the midwest get together there and uh swap stories get some diving in Ruin some fizz. I mean, it'll start off good, but even the good divers will hit the bottom every once in a while. Yeah, there's been some comments made on the meet and greet page, which I'm not going to really relay <laughs> about that there. But it's better to read those directly. Just lose something yeah. in translation. 
Yeah, you know, it, it is open water season, so you know, uh, get out there and enjoy it. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff to see at Gilboa. Uh, I've been up there a few times, and they, you know, there's planes and helicopters and cars, and uh, of course, you know, a boat or sixteen up there. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, they got you know a variety of depths. You know, you you can see cool stuff in twenty feet. You can see cool stuff in in uh, you know. 130 over there. They've got uh, quite a few fish. I know the owners have stocked uh, an awful lot of, I think there's steelhead salmon in there. Well, rainbow trout, steelhead salmon, same thing. And, you know, you can feed them. It's kind of, you know, makes you reminisce a little about Jaws, though, because the way those fish are stalking you around there, they're kind of expecting you to feed them. I imagine the um, divers with the uh, food packets are the main source of food in there. And, um, I almost don't want to do it because of the, the way they rush you, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've we've talked about that in uh, some past shows before you were on. Is that we always thought that would be a good prank to pull on people? Is that you, you get a little mesh bag, uh, come go up to the dive shop there at the the quarry and buy some of that food, mm-hmm. and then you just uh, you know attach it to the buddy who you think uh, could use a little bit of entertaining. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, you just take a pocket. I mean, it, it's fresh water, so we don't have to worry about sharks. But uh, they're pretty close to the equivalent. Not quite as heavy, but they're certainly persistent. Oh, and then uh, chat room, uh, uh, Rodney is saying uh, cheese whiz in a tank valve works great, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can see that. I can see that, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a proverbial, proverbial diver kick me sign taped to the back here is uh Cheese was in the back of the tank to get the fish to go after you. That's yep. a good time. Let's do it. Yeah. Aaron, let's go to Gilboa, you and me. I got the cheese with. Oh, wait, that, that sounded really, really bad. So, anyway, next topic. Yeah. Well, we've also got another reserve that uh, is looking for a little bit of support. We have Greensboro Scuba Refuge. Uh, they're looking at doing some improvements. The refuge is a 10-acre area of the Greens, Greenboro. Greenbow? Isaac Brero. It's Greenbow, so I can't even read uh, simple English. Greenbow Lake. It was designated scuba area in the Kentucky state-owned state stake. God, I think I'm hungry. State-owned park. Refuge is maintained and improved by volunteers through donations and fundraising efforts. All the volunteers who are there supply their own equipment and air that is needed when performing maintenance and other improvements duties. They said one of the uh, top priorities for the volunteers provide on-site air fills for divers and improve access to the refuge to both disabled and non-disabled divers. They achieve this through purchase of uh, scuba compressor and through construction of handicap-friendly access methods. They said funds that are needed to purchase the compressors improve access in and out of the water. Any additional funds will be used to further involvement in the dive area. And they've got a GoFundMe site. So if you go to GoFundMe.com forward slash green B.O. Scuba, and they're hoping to raise $15,000 to help with the efforts, but any amount is appreciated. And you can see they've got some people who have started donating. So if you go over there and we'll put a link on uh, the show notes for this episode and you can give them a little bit of money, uh, also, it sounds like it'd be a good place to go do some diving. Sounds like uh, Rodney here. I think Rodney is is Mulanix nine thirty in the yes. chat room. 
saying that uh, the group you're talking about is his group. He had the volunteers. So, yep, got a got a good bunch in the chat room tonight. You know, we got Eric, we got Rodney, we got Nelson, of course, you and me. Uh, we've had you know quite a bit of banner going on before the chart show even got started here. So, uh, it's looking good. Yeah, it's it's actually I think the chat room's even even better than the show myself. Well, hmm, what are you saying exactly there? Hmm, I'm not gonna I'm not <laughs> gonna go there. More. It's more of a self-criticism than anything else. You uh, get what you pay for. So. Yeah. Unlike me, who has not been getting any diving in, uh, I understand that you've got quite a few weeks of diving that we need to catch up on. Uh, what have you been out getting what doing? Well, uh, I listened to last week's show, and I think uh, Jim did touch on the uh, Lake 16 dives we've been doing. Uh, you know, I've been up there with Bob and group a number of times. We've, you know, had great visibility out there and been touring it a lot more. Bob, Bob and I are both rebreather divers, and we kind of like get out there and see, you know, a little bit more. And I'm, I'm still learning Lake 16. I haven't been up there that much. Um, did a dive last week with the uh, SAS bunch. Had a good time. Uh, kind of reinforced the whole idea that uh, rebreathers don't aren't really designed for shallow water. <laughs> I kind of, I thought that I had the skills and uh, yeah, I've got I got an attitude check out of it there, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, well, it's like when you go ahead, Darren. What was that? I was gonna say when you say not meant for shallow water, what's the relative shallow? Is this twenty feet and less? Yeah, if, if you're under thirty feet, the uh, rebreather uh, kind of struggles. Well, and, and and actually, I'm sure a lot of it is just you know user error because I'm quite new at it. I've got, you know, all about, I believe, 14 dives on the rebreather now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very new at, at this. I'm certified and everything, and I've, you know, got, um, you know, 528 minutes with uh, Rich Sinowick over there in uh, Monroe, Monroe in Ohio getting certified on it there. But, you know, it's just the, the, your, your PO2 changes so much when you're in shallow water. And your buoyancy, of course, changes so much rapidly when you're in shallow water. And just the going up and going down, I was with a, a diver who was uh, about as experienced in scuba gear as I was in, in rebreather gear. And we thought we'd be a good match. But I, I needed to go deep, and he wanted to go shallow. And it just, you know, it, it was entertaining. I learned a lot out of it. <laughs> but I learned, no, I'm going deep. <laughs> so I got to stay deep. So. Uh, no, but it was a, it was a good bunch, you know. Uh, we, you know, when, of course, we there's always a, a watering hole afterwards, and we we get a bite afterwards. At uh, I think it was latitude 42 over there. Um, always good folks, good conversation, because you know we all know that diving is not just about the dive; it's about the people. It's not just about the wrecks; it's about the company, you know. And the you know the uh, SAS dives, the muddy dives, we all kind of honor that tradition and, and do quite well with it, I believe. So. Well, excellent. Yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh, any other dives you've been getting in? Well, uh, see, on Monday, I was I had a dive plan for Monday, which was canceled, and I've been watching the weather, kind of wanting to dive the Argo Barge over there in Lake Erie. It just kind of, when the story came out a year and a half ago, it seemed pretty cool. Uh, the Argo... Uh, was a uh, bulk uh, carrier barge 
that was being hauled illegally in 1937 from the uh, Keweenaw Peninsula over to New Jersey with a uh, was a petroleum product in it, uh, butanol, I believe is what it was, and the barge. No, they had all kinds of problems getting this thing down there. I mean, they had it overloaded for one, so it only had, from I understand, about six inches of freeboard on it. Uh, the, the barge wasn't licensed to operate in the Great Lakes. It was licensed to operate in rivers only. So there probably was a little bit of greasing with greenbacks going on from port to port up there. Uh, I know that in, I think I want to say it was October of 1937, at that point, they had got as far south as Lake Erie on the way to New Jersey. Then a uh, storm came in. They hung out for a while in the uh, eastern end of the lake, waiting for the storm to die down. They thought the storm had died down, and they went back out into it, and the storm kicked up again, and the Argo went down. When the Argo went down, say it was a barge being towed by Soyuzet, or Soyuz, there's a it was a tugboat of some sort. I believe it was Soyuz. That might be a Russian satellite, too. I don't know. But the uh, barge being towed by a tugboat, and it rolled over initially, and the two guys on the barge climbed to the high point on the barge just you know, so they wouldn't get lost. And the tugboat was able to circle around, pick them up, and no lives were lost. But the barge went down. They believed it went down uh, on its... Um, on its side, but actually when it was found two years ago, it was found uh, right side up. Um, people were looking for something else in the area, which out of wreck hunter respect, I'm not going to say too much about what they're looking for, but there's, uh, of course, a lot of other projects going on for different boats in Lake Erie. And it looks like Eric has shared the link to this. Yes, very nice. Eric Roloff just found the link for the for this uh, for this um, you know, Detroit Free Press. We can actually do some scoop in the news for it, I suppose. But yeah. the uh, the ship was found upright and was recognized as being the Argo. At that time, the Coast Guard was notified, as was the uh, oh. Not saying Department of Environmental Quality, oh, the, the EPA, because at the time the Argo was considered the greatest in potential environmental hazard in the Great Lakes. There actually are a total of five different vessels in the Great Lakes that are considered a potential environmental disaster. Surprisingly, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald is now number one. Prior to the Argo being found, the Argo was number one. Uh, these are vessels which have a substantial amount of some kind of a contamination product in them, you know, be it petroleum or a hazardous cargo, um, something which, if it leaked out, would really be a, a, a bad deal for the environment. Well, they got right on it and uh, hired a uh, professional dive company to go out there, and they went down and they, they pumped it out and took all the uh, hazardous petroleum out of it. Um, it didn't make an awful lot of news. This was going on. Uh, December of 2015. Uh, fortunately, I guess they had a break in the weather, and they will get out there and take care of this and get it get it cleaned up. You know, there was no major loss of uh, contamination, 
some sources say 10,000 gallons, some sources say 33,000 gallons uh, is what came out of this thing. From what I understand, when initially it went down, the thing had uh, like 100, 190,000 gallons of petroleum on it you know, when it first went down. I think it's like about 128 by 25 feet or 30 feet, is that? Okay. Trying to I'm looking at Eric's article here. I'm trying to see what the Yeah, okay. It's saying it had between 100,000 and 200,000 gallons of benzoil on it initially. And it measures 120 feet by 34 feet. There you go. Um it's found by Tom. I'm gonna sorry, Tom, I'm gonna hurt your name. Not the first time, Tom Kowalczyk. And he's uh from Clue, which is a Cleveland based underwater archaeology outfit. Look looking for shipwrecks. I believe that's some what do you think Clue stands for? Cleveland yeah, underwater archaeology. There you go. But anyway, I'm getting a little off track. Uh to me, it just looked like like a cool dive because it was only uh, 48 feet of water. Clearly, a lot a lot down there. Uh, I saw a presentation by Kevin McGee over Arlen Underwater this spring, and uh, the numbers were visible. The GPS numbers were visible during that uh, presentation. So I, you know, and, and plus the numbers are actually, if you look for them, you can find them. They are, they, they, you can find them online. The, uh, but there's a lot to there's a, you know, clearly it's a big ship shallow water, a lot to see down there and Kevin McGee also made it pretty clear that it's no longer considered a contaminated site because the first people that dove on it uh, didn't go so well for them the, uh, it was a uh, commercial diver that went down there trying to find the leak on it and apparently his dry suit valves were melted and his uh, mask was etched. And, you know, we're not talking about one of our little, you know, $80 dive shop masks. You know, we're talking like one of those $20,000 professional diving helmets, okay, <laughs> got got etched. So That was just the, uh, from the contaminated uh, petroleum product? Yes, yeah. Apparently oh. the, uh, the, the petroleum was such a, a harsh solvent that uh, it was, you know, still 80 years later, capable of uh, melting plastic and etching glass. So pretty severe stuff. Wow. And you would think that the dilution over that amount of time would have carried it away. You'd think, you know, and, and probably a lot of it had because, you know, this article here I'm seeing from Detroit Free Press says between 100,000 and 200,000 gallons of benzoil, but the highest recorded amount that I've seen that they took out of it was 33,000 gallons of seawater and uh, benzoil mix. So, yeah, probably the, the vast majority of it has leaked out over the years. I'm sure it was. But, uh, you know, I, I just thought it would be, be a cool dive to check it out. And, yeah. and it was. Uh, I understand the visibility out there is usually just about a chocolate milk dive, but I know from watching wind patterns and things and, the, you know, early season visibility that if there's going to be some good visibility, it's going to be this time of year. And sure enough, the weather was great for it. Went out there in almost completely flat water. Um, beautiful, beautiful day. Got out there, it was glass. Was able to run the side scan over it, get some real nice pictures of it. Uh, it was cool dive. Um, 
17 miles offshore. <laughs> it was a ways out. But, wow. How long does it take on whatever boat you were on to get 17 miles? Well, I just ran it at 20, 22 miles an hour. So it took me, you know, 45 minutes to get out there. Wasn't that big? Oh, of a... Wow. Actually, actually, it might have been a little more than that because I, I had to hook around an island. There's, uh, I think it's Kelly's Island. It's in between. I had thought that it was only 11 miles offshore, but I guess it's 11 miles from Kelly's Island. And by the time you hook around Kelly's Island, um, when you launch, you're probably close to 19 miles each way. But it was a you know, beautiful, calm, flat day. I wouldn't have gone if, if it wasn't. Um, it was a you know, great dive out there. Curiously enough, though, it looks as though uh, the local fishing community, uh, there are a number of nets out there. I thought they were booms from the oil, con- from the oil collection when the thing was leaking. But side scanning, no, you can see they, they actually were nets. Um, I guess that area is a popular fishing area. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. Uh, although there are a lot, there are a lot of fish on the wreck. So apparently the habitat's coming back, and you know mostly what I saw were uh, lots of utopical gobies and something small and chubby and silvery. I don't know what exactly it was. There was a lot of these small chubby silvery fish on it there. So hmm. now what what depth is it at? Uh, Forty-eight feet to the bottom. I want to say the high point on the wreck is probably right around 35 feet. It does come substantially off the bottom. It's, you know, it's, it's resting on the bottom there, which appears to be kind of a, I don't know, a, a medium a medium hard clay. I know my anchor had a lot of clay on it when it came up, and it wasn't like the real soupy stuff. It was a, you know, it had some, some substance to it. It's not settled in that much because I was able to kind of get under the bow area. Uh, you know, the bow... It's kind of, the hull is kind of built like a, you know, a flat bottom John boat. You know, it's mm-hmm. got uh, the bow. Cool. Yeah, the, 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 the bow kind of has some rise to it there. Not a tremendous amount, but it does have some rise to it. Um, you could see the, the, the rub rails. It appears to have like wooden rub rails, two of them circling the entire boat. Um, lots of plumbing, lots and lots of muscles. I'll tell you, the, the muscles in Lake Erie are pretty thick. The, so much of the plumbing, you really couldn't tell where one pipe started and another one ended just because the muscles were probably averaging, uh, you know, at least three, maybe five inches thick in places on the plumbing. Oh, wow. Didn't seem so much on the deck. And oddly enough, not so much on the rub rails, which which were wooden. So you'd think they'd be all over the, all the rub rails. But, they, but you know, I'm curious if anyone else has noticed this too, but it seems like there are some boats curiously devoid of muscles in some areas. I mean, I mean, we know like like they don't usually you know get on the decks just because the decks don't have a lot of uh, current going across for them to filter feed. But then, you know, I've seen this on some some boats out in Gull Lake and other places that maybe it's something the wood is treated with. Maybe it's the lead paint they painted them with back at that time. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, you know, there are some areas which are oddly muscle free and. Mm. The mussels seem to like the pipes on this boat more than they liked the uh, woodwork on the boat. So, huh. but, yeah, it, it was cool. I took a lot of pictures, took lots of video. The um, pictures came out really bad. Uh, I forgot that when you're dealing with with a lot of a lot of particulate in the water, 
you really need a steady, slow hand on your camera because your camera is going to have a hard time deciding if it wants to focus on the crud or focus on the target. And as a result, most of my stills did not come out. The, uh, the video, on the other hand, I'm using a, a GoPro Hero in the 4K video, video came out very well and I was able to crop a lot of stills out of the video. Ah, so, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend anybody, uh, you know, to get familiar with your uh, camera and if it shoots in high enough resolution, just put it in video and leave it there and then go back and crop. If, you know, it, often it takes some third-party software to do a good cropping stills out of your video, but that way you don't miss anything. And yeah. Yeah, my, my still camera let me down pretty bad. Down, but well, I, I, I'd say the camera. It, it was me. I was I was moving too fast. I mean, it's it's a hundred and twenty foot long boat, <laughs> right? And uh, a thirty minute dive. I circled it twice. Yeah, it's probably going a little too fast. So <laughs> no. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Something. It's it's interesting how that works. Uh, I've 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 got a fairly nice camera that I use, and I have noticed that. On that camera, if I put it in video mode, I don't get as good of, I don't get good video. But I find if I got a good video camera, I can get good stills off that. Uh It's it's interesting how that works. Yeah, I think what it is is that when the uh, camera's in video mode, then it doesn't have to, because each time you press the shutter in still mode, it has to focus for that each individual time you you press the shutter. But when you're Mm -hmm. in video, it's like constantly focusing so when you you know when you're reviewing it image by image you know like a I think the, the the GoPro shoots uh, 15 frames per second in 4k so for each second you have 15 frames to choose from to find one that's properly in focus and yeah you know the GoPros aren't like a you know a multi-thousand dollar um, Canon or something there but for what you for what you pay for, they do a, a pretty pretty good job. Uh, I've, I've been pretty happy with, with what mine has done. So, yeah. But yeah, I know I, I post some of the stuff on, on my Facebook, and um, I sent a bunch of it to uh, Kevin McGee over there in Cleveland. Um, I've got I don't know some other folks have asked for some, which I'm I'm gonna you know usually people ask me for the stuff stuff I I share you know uh, mm-hmm. I stipulation on my uh, pictures is uh, anybody wants to show it for anything educational uh, just just credit me it's fine if they if they make money on it then we got to talk you know but uh, if they're just gonna you know show it for educational purposes then that's fine show it it's great I, I want people to see the wrecks you know yeah so I mean uh, a lot of cool stuff down there you know people people don't realize this you know the public that no how much there's to see down there. <laughs> it's cool. So Yeah. And and it's it's hard to visualize. I mean I, I always like to before I go and do a dive in a new wreck, think in my mind what it will look like. And you would think with as many wrecks as I dive, I would eventually get good at it. And it's never even close to what I think it should be. It's usually mm-hmm. much better. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Well uh, you know I've seen it on some of my friends' 
Facebooks when they're talking about diving, and a lot of times they'll be talking about like having a you know a superpower, how you can you can float in the water or you can breathe underwater. No, I, I can fly. You know, when yeah. you're down there, I mean, you 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 are flying. That's the closest thing you're gonna gonna find to flying without a jetpack. Yeah. yeah. You can hover well, over wrecks and yeah. yeah. Well, and here's the thing that I love probably the absolute most about it is I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about any problems I've got. I'm relaxed. I'm in, in just a great place, both mm-hmm. mentally and physically. So uh, it it's like therapy. You you just can't beat it. It, it is therapy. It's it's uh, hydrotherapy. Hydrotherapy or compression therapy or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, two weeks ago, you were talking about getting out on Lake Michigan. Were you able to get out there at all? It was not one of my better dives, but yes, uh, went out to the Ann Arbor, and I don't know uh, when was out of the south that day. Um, my my surface support was not real impressed with the conditions. <laughs> she was trying to talk me out of going down there. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> like, no, I'm here. I'm going. Uh, the Ann Arbor, if the wind is out of either the north or the south, it can be a pretty difficult hook with the anchor. It's night. If it's out of the west, which it usually is, it's not that hard to hook. But the north and south... Oh, and by the way, the Ann Arbor is an iron wreck. Hooking it with the anchor is not going to hurt it, at least not with my little 17-foot boat. So I'm not damaging the wreck by hooking it with, you know, my little Danforth down there. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any anchors other than maybe a giant Coast Guard vessel. And when I say giant, I'm talking 200-plus feet. There's mm-hmm. any, anything short of that is not dropping an anchor big enough to, I mean, you might knock a few muffles off it, but. And please do. Please do. Yes. <laughs> Because it's it's got it's got steel rails on it that they ran train cars out. Mm-hmm. So it is a pretty stout vessel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I that was not one of my better dives. I I buoyed it. Well, I mean, I I I I didn't buoy it. I tossed a marker at it. I had these little swim noodles with a one pound sinker on them and lots of line. And I think that the wind was strong enough that the little one-pound sinker was not enough to hold it in place. So when I dropped my anchor, I ended up being uh, not that close to it. I knew with the wind direction that if I didn't see it when I got down there, it it would be just to the north. So I dropped the anchor. The wind wind was was out of the north-northwest at that point, yes. And I dropped the anchor and went down the line, got I had wonderful visibility at, it's 160 feet to the bottom, and when I was 60 feet down, I could see the bottom. So I had I had oh. 100-foot visibility. Oh, uh, I, that, that, I've, I've been on that wreck with that exact same visibility, and that is probably, it's not my best dive, but it's in the top 10. Yeah, it it is cool. I mean, when you can see the ship, uh, 
I'm not sure how many of our listeners are familiar with this rock, but the Ann Arbor number five, yes, we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast, but it's it's a cool it's a cool wreck. It actually yeah. speared the bottom and the wreck is sitting at about a sixty degree angle coming off the bottom. So the uh stern rail is the highest part on the wreck and you know, it sits up substantially off the bottom. It's really cool on side skin to take a look at this thing. Uh you know, it's you, there are advantages there where you you look up and you can see these massive twelve foot propellers above you. Okay, it's it's really cool. It's really yeah. cool. It's a great if you want a good photo op. If you're going to be in Southwest Michigan, if you're not afraid or not say not a not a matter of afraid, but if you're able to go to the deepest parts of recreational diving, there's a great photo op of having those propellers behind you. Well. Yeah, and if you have a little bit of tech experience, I think that I checked it, and the center line of the prop is right about 125 feet, and there are there are twin props, yeah. so you you can get to the props and still be within sport depth. So, I mean, it's it's even even maybe even a little bit below the props to be within sport depth, but yeah, yeah it's a, it's a really cool rack. Although you know it, it can be tough to hook. And it's a ways out there. You're looking at it. It's nine miles from the pierhead. It's six miles offshore. It's uh, you know, it's it, it's a pretty good haul. I can tell you that I've used the numbers to get there that are on the uh, MSR, the Michigan Shipwreck Research Association website, and those are good numbers. So uh, it's yeah, it's a very cool wreck. If you, if you can get out there, um, there are some charters in the area now which are heading out there. Yep. I know that uh, Kevin Sir takes people out there from time to time, so we do have an operating charter in this area now. I'm going to get in touch with him. So I know Kevin Sir quite well. Good guy. He'll 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 give you a, a good ride. He will take care of you, get you safe. He's got I think a 27 footer, which he trailers from port to port. And oh wow. He take, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a big boat. It's a modern one. It's but boat's not more than five years old. Can't say off the top of my head what the, what the model of it is, but it, it's fully set up. Uh, he's uh, it, it's a six a six pack boat, and he will launch out of anywhere. I want to say from Manistee south, um, you know, as far south as you want to go. Um, now, now is that one? Is that an aluminum hull with dual outboards? Uh, no, it's uh, fiberglass, I believe, okay. with the single. Inboard. I'm not sure about the powertrain, but I know it's it's a, it's a fiberglass boat. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's good to, that there's some uh, charters out there. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely use them around here. I know it's been kind of a kind of hit and miss in this area for charters to operate, but yeah. I think Kevin's got the right idea with uh, covering lots of ports. I know he ran a number of charters. I think he, he's kind of attached to uh, some aquatic sports, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think if, if you want to do do booking. With him, I think you contact subaquatic sports. I'm not quite sure how, how that works there, yeah. but uh, I'm sure you can be found online. <clears throat> but you know, uh, Ke- yeah. Kevin's a good guy. He's he's also a diver. He's a tech diver. He's uh, dove most of the deeper wrecks in the area, so he knows the stories. He knows what you're going to see on them. You're going to get a really good pre-dive pre-dive briefing about you know where you want to go, what you want to see down there. So yeah, yeah Ke- Kevin's good people. Yeah, and and that's something to to think about. That's a little bit different than if you're used to doing Florida charters. 
if you got one of the Florida cattle boats and they've got the, a lot of times they're like a catamaran where they're going to go out and you, and many of those will have a dive master take you down. Uh, in the Great Lakes, we tend to be more taxis. You're going to get on the boat, but you're doing your own dive. You know, there's not a dive master or the captain. He's not going down and taking you down. Uh, it's, it's nice that this guy's a uh, an actual diver, but that's not not all of them are going to be that way, and that's something to check out when you do book something. Uh, what what we're we're trying to do is develop the dive industry on the east side of the lake so that we can have two or three charters that can make a living at it. And uh, what seems to happen is anytime you get a good dive charter, they realize they can make more money hauling fishermen out, and there tends not to be any good uh, <laughs> dive charters after that. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. We 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 do have some cool rocks, you know. Uh, you know, they are they are here and there. I mean, up in you know, you've got you know stuff which is very historic, stuff which is uh, quite intact, uh, stuff which is in sport depth, stuff which is in, which is in tech depth. You know, we've got some marvelous tech dives out here as far as the uh, Hennepin and the Ackley. Um, you know, very historic stories on these boats. Really cool stuff. Uh, just uh, it has been a bit of a challenge maintaining charter to go up with these guys. So, yeah, yeah. And if you want to know how to dive the areas, you just get in contact with one of the local dive shops, and they can usually put you in contact. And if you happen to find a dive shop who says there aren't any charters, then you just need to go look for another dive shop because there are some out here. In fact, I can't think of any of them that I know firsthand who would tell you there aren't charters, but. Uh, there are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been kind of spotty. There have been times when we haven't had charters, but we'll, but yeah. we do have them now. So yeah. 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 And yeah. on the South side of the lake, it's, it's going to be a lot easier. You're, there's probably four or five charters operating out of Burns Harbor, Chicago area, Michigan city. Uh, as you start crawling up the East side, uh, it's going to be a little bit more limited. There are some, I mean, I know I can think of three off the top of my head and there are also some, uh, vessels such as the Molly V coming out of Wisconsin, who, uh, if you book with them, they'll, they have a couple weekends uh, in the summer where they'll be hitting South Haven. I know they do the Ann Arbor five, at least once they'll do the iron sides. They'll do some of those and they, and she goes, uh, Yitka that we had on, I mean, they'll, they'll go all the way up, uh, all throughout, you know, Lake Michigan, Lake Huron Superior. Yeah, take a look at her website. She does all, all all kinds of different charters, everything from you know basic uh, open water kind of charters to uh, you know full full blown tech dives on down to three hundred as as a charter, and, and and she'll take you there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen her up on Lake Superior, and you know, yeah, and, and the Molly V is a a thirty footer, <laughs> and and she yeah. hauls that thing all over creation. So, I was amazed one day. I'm, Driving down West Main, M43, right in Kalamazoo. There goes Molly V behind her behind her Dodge, going right down M43. So she yeah. can take that thing everywhere. So I, I think I've seen her more often on the road than in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but but she definitely gets in the water. I mean, she's you know uh, uh, going to preschool and all kinds of different places. So yeah, she definitely gets in the water. And we want to hear where everybody is out diving. If you want to share where you're diving or do a shout out to a dive shop or a charter that you think is doing some excellent service, drop us a line. The show at scubaobsessed.com. We'll take a look at it and 
maybe mention it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like to thank WRVO Radio for putting us on the air another year. If you like hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors, WRVO Radio has programs going on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you want to see more about them or figure out how you can listen, go to our website, www.scubaobsessed.com. Scroll on down to the bottom, and you'll see the WRVO banner and click on that. And while you're there, if you think this show is at least worth a dollar, why not give us a little bit of donations? You can do that by uh, going to our Patreon account. We certainly appreciate that. Any dollar amount will help. $3 or more will get you early access to show notes, except for this week because we didn't do show notes. So, I don't know. I, a little, we, we mixed it up a little bit. We'll, we'll get on to a little bit more normal schedule. Uh, we'll do a poll. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing 9 o'clock or if everybody's doing a Thirsty Thursday if we need to adjust the schedule a little bit. So, Well, but I, I, I do want to thank our listeners uh, you know, and our people in the chat room. You know, they were quite patient in uh, hanging out for us here. We had, you know, Eric is still there. We had Rodney a little while ago. Nelson kind of poked in for a while, too. So uh, thank you much for uh, hanging out for us there. So appreciate it. Yep. And we need to thank our uh, Patreon supporters who are at the Dive Nitrox level. We have Vanessa Holmiak. Certainly appreciate her as being a longtime donor. And here I'm, I'm watching it spin. That's Vanessa the Mermaid, correct? Yeah. She, yes. Yeah. She 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 dives a lot. Um, a a lot a lot she does. She does I, a lot of diving. I'm, I'm you no know, I'm on her Facebook and I see that you know I'm jealous because she she's going out like twice a week. I mean that 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 is a water girl. She she gets out there a bunch. Well, uh, that and I think she gets. I saw some stuff where she was going up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So I I need to ask her if she's taking her her dive gear with her or not. <laughs> And then uh, oh. also, uh, I, I, as we're on the show, I'm getting a a, a Microsoft uh, a Facebook Messenger from Rich Sinewick, uh talking, and I'll get after the show, I'll I'll answer him back. So in the recording, you hear these bings. That's Rich uh, trying to get a hold of me. And if you like our podcast, you're going to love Rich's. He's on Diver Sync. Um, he actually recorded again tonight, so he'll have an episode up as well. Uh, he runs the uh, Divers Incorporated Dive Shops. There's at least two of them, I believe, on the east side of the state. And he is also running concession at the White Star Quarry. So if you're in the Ohio area, you might want to take a look at that. It's uh, an interesting quarry. I haven't had a chance to dive it yet. I need to. I think this is the summer. This is summer I'm going to get over there and dive White Star. Well, that's where I did my training uh, back in late April for the rebreather and. I definitely enjoyed it. I mean, we had great visibility, and water was warming up. I think most of our water temps were upper 40s at the, the coldest, and most here around 50 degrees. So I definitely recommend a White Star. Yeah. Um, and I understand they got a rock crusher in the bottom of the, the quarry. Yeah. Um, I think the deepest part of the quarry is uh, a channel. You get down there in the rock crusher pit, and you know it's like I don't know, 
75 feet, something like that down there. Not, I don't think quite, quite it's 80 feet there, but you know, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. You get down there and, uh, there's a bowling ball in that rock crusher. And if with your buddy, you you know, if they don't see you do it, you pick up that bowling ball and you drop it and in the water how the sound carries, it'll make you it'll make your heart just jump. And it'll I mean your 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 buddy will hope they're in a wetsuit cuz it's not fun to soil a dry suit, you know. So. <laughs> I I can imagine. Hey, we got Karen Mann just joined us in the chat room. She's given us a report on the uh, Thursday Thursday dive. Three to four muddies were in the water at Round Lake tonight. The water was 72 degrees. Okay, nice and bump. 72 degree water at Round Lake. How? It must be a shallow lake to be that warm. Wow. So, how was the viz? If she's going to send to me here. Yeah, but look at that. I mean, like I'll, a, I'll, go ahead. I was going to say, this is like a live uh, underwater report. So if you're in a chat room, you're, you're getting as, as fresh as you can on diving conditions. Well, say, we're, all the shops are getting getting their clubs out. So yeah. everyone's everyone's getting out. Everyone's getting wet. Uh, you know, dust off dives or, you know, you know get out there. You, you, come on, folks. You got no excuse not to get out there. You know, if the weather's weather's turning, at least in this area, uh, you know, we haven't got uh, everything all silted up yet. Algae hasn't had a chance to grow. Visibility is not going to get any better as the year goes on. So get out there and get wet, guys. Come on, let's do it, and girls. Yep. Yeah, and even if your gear, your gear's not serviced, take it in. Apologize to them. They'll they'll still service it. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I I was mowing my yard and. I was like, "Hey, what's this over here? It's a it's a uh, dive tank." <laughs> it tells you how long it's it's been since I've been able to get in the water, which is shameful. Karen gets back to us here. Says uh, the lake, Brown Lake, is very shallow. She only got down to six feet, so and she's overheated in her seven mil. So. Wow, six feet! I don't I don't know if I've ever dove around Lake. Now that she mentions it. Hmm. Yeah, not a place I'm taking the rebreather at six feet. Thanks, I'm not going there. No. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure it appeals to some. But. Six feet, you can almost snorkel. <laughs> yeah, you probably could actually. I mean, you can you can free dive a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, <laughs> we we really cater mostly to the scuba divers, but you know, we shouldn't overlook the free divers. What the free divers are doing, you know, without tanks is pretty oh, impressive. Gosh. You know, you know, yeah. you see them people getting down no problem down to 60, 70 feet sometimes. So, and staying and, yeah. and the record's it, much, much more. So, yeah. And, but you've, you've noticed that uh, a few of us in the dive club don't have the physique of uh, uh, those free divers. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is an, a very athletic sport. You know, yeah. uh, you know when I, you see. I was just going to say, I, I, I get out of breath sometimes, uh, just getting in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't necessarily need to, you know, be setting the world record to be a free diver. Uh, you know, I freed over the uh, Jenny Lynn up there at Duncan Bay last summer. And, you know, I was only down like 20 feet, but it was cool. I mean, uh, 
and coolest part where there was lots of scuba divers down there looking at me. There was a scuba diving, a fresh open water class down there. And they're kind of looking at me like, hey, you know, pointing at their back like, hey, what's your tanks, dude? You forget something, man? You know, like, oh, yeah. Shoot, I'm in trouble, man. So <laughs> it was cool. So. Okay. And here, the, the, this is how great the Internet is going tonight. The web page finally loaded. So at our dive nitrox level, we have Andrew Hughes. Thank you for uh, being at the dive nitrox level, and he has been for, for a little while now. And we also have Vanessa Holmiak, who's probably a, one of our original supporters uh, since we started this Patreon campaign. And, uh, you know, looks like it's going on about 10 months now that she's been helping us out. And we certainly appreciate that. And then we have a lot of other supporters at other levels. So uh, at some point we'll have to figure out some way where we can, if it's appropriate to thank them on the air, since we haven't said we'd toss them under the bus and let them know that uh, they're donating. Uh, we'll have to wait, but there's certainly a lot of people who are supporting the program and we certainly appreciate it. It helps us do what we're doing, covers the cost of bandwidth and hosting and new equipment. And if we get enough money, we're going to be able to make that transition to the uh, video part of it. So still working on some other ideas, but you know, it <laughs> seems like life keeps getting in the way, but uh, we're going to be know. That video, I'm a little scared of that. I mean, I've definitely got a face for radio, man, so I don't know. <laughs> Fuck with well, that. We can do, you, you should see what we can do with video. You, you see what they can do on uh, Instagram and Snapchat where they change faces. We can do the same thing with video. Oh, yeah. We mentioned Chippendales earlier, didn't we? Yeah. We, only, yeah. We, we might we might attract a whole different demographic here. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah people, who, people who are in the, the vinyl. I, I think well, we're going to have to strike those comments earlier about the bleached males, though, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, we, we we may need to. Yeah. So. All right, cool, cool. Okay. And also something we haven't promoted in a while, go onto the website, and we've got our fan map. Uh, click around some of the links and look for the fan map. I think it's in the About Us section. Um, and, and put a pin in there. And it lets everybody know where you're at and where you listen to the program. You can be anonymous if you want or put your name in. Uh, nobody's going to contact you, but at least it gives you an idea of where in the world other people are who are listening to the program. And uh, it's cool. We'd, we'd, we'd like to get uh, you know every province, every state, every country, at least get one pin in the map for all those. That would be a nice goal to be able to do before we put an end to this, this effort we're calling the Scuba Obsessed Netcast. And if you have any comments or questions of the show, again, the show at Scuba Obsessed, uh, drop us a line on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Scuba Obsessed. We're on Twitter at Scuba Obsessed. And uh, seems like I'm forgetting something. It's always that, that point of the show. Is there anything you want to plug before we get on? Well, my usual plugs, uh, you know, be sure to support your local dive shop. You know, we all like to get those bargains online, but those bargains online are not going to fill your scuba tanks or service your regulators. Uh, especially recently, I've been really impressed with librarians. Uh, probably do some updates for you in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Craig Rich and I are kind of working on something here. I've been doing a lot more research up in the uh, Spring Lake area and met some you know, very helpful librarians, also 
very helpful civil servants down at the county building looking at old maps and things. You know, uh, everyone seems to think that every, everything you need is online, but there's so much of it which is not online, and we need these resources. So when your library, when the millages come up to help the libraries out, give them a hand. You know, we, we, we need those folks around. Certainly do appreciate those librarians. The librarians are hot, at least most of them. No guarantees, but most of them are. There are some very hot librarians here. Oh isn't, yeah, I mean, isn't that surprising? I don't know that they should be. I guess they shouldn't be surprised, but you know, that's not. It's like I, if you're going to stereotype, in your mind you think lunch ladies and librarians, but in reality, a little bit different. Maybe it's just me getting older, but. <laughs> well, it's part of you being a diver too, you know. There's a yeah. we got a reputation for a reason here. So there's a reason why that 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 end of the night joke is never going to be rated rated PG or even PG yeah. thirteen, you know. So yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, cover the ears, hide their eyes, shuttle the kids out of the room because I think it is that time of the show. Bring it on. And this one, again, is from Rodney. It it has an angle that I think we've done before. But you know what? Rod found it, and he took a little bit of time to personalize it. It actually has a few names you may recognize. So without any further ado, here we go. Four guys were on a dive trip. None of them wanted the room with Darren because he snored so badly. They decided it wasn't fair to make one of them stay with him the whole time. So they vote to take turns. The first guy spends the first night in the room with Darren and comes to breakfast the next morning. His hair's a mess. His eyes are bloodshot. He says, man, what happened to you? He said, Darren snored so loudly, I just sat up and watched him all night. The next night, a different guy's turn. In the morning, same thing. His hair's all standing up, eyes all bloodshot. Man, what happened to you? You look awful. He said, man, that Darren shakes the roof with his snoring. I watched him all night. The third man uh, the third night was uh, Mac's turn. He was tanned, older diver, a man's man. The next morning, he came to breakfast, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Good morning, he said. They couldn't believe it. Man, what happened? He said, well, we got ready for bed, so I tucked him in, patted him on the bottom, kissed him goodnight in the lips. Darren sat up and watched me all night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That- a <laughs> little bit of redemption on that one there, Darren. There's some redemption on that one. All right. I like that. All right. That's cool. That's cool. I, and, and I do warn you, I do snore. So uh, if you ever have the opportunity <laughs> after that joke, I don't even know if I should mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I tend to saw some logs, too. I know my trip down to Bonterre. My roomies were telling me I was lucky as I woke up that morning and not smothered with a pillow. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, that's me, so. I've had that. I barely made it out of the robotic season alive. <laughs> okay. Well, we're glad to have you back, Darren. So. Thank you. So on that note, until next time, go out there and get wet. Stay safe doing it and have a good time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.